Hello and welcome to Mikey Pod. This is Michael Heron, your host. Today is July 16th, 2015. And uh, this is episode number 184. I have a really great guest today, uh, Marcus Goldhaber. He is a jazz vocalist, songwriter, and really great guy. Um, this is one of those interesting people that I didn't know about um, until I got some info from his uh, PR guy, and I'm so happy that I did. Um, I went with my friend Frank to see his set at Bartalia. Uh, last Sunday up on the Upper West Side, and it was a fantastic show. And I'm super excited to share this interview with you guys. So um, yeah, I don't have really a lot of other things to tell you, except um, if you want to find more information about me, uh, michaelherron.com. I'm a little bit um, sort of going under the radar um, creatively, just in terms of uh, spending some time learning some new of my, you know, electronic-y things I like to do. I'm working with a new synthesizer, well, newish. And um, teaching myself some new things. So maybe I'll share about some of that stuff later when I know what it is I'm doing. Uh, yeah. If you'd like to reach out to me, it's Michael Heron. Oh, sorry. MikeyPod at gmail.com. Information about me is at MichaelHeron.com. And, uh, of course, you're listening to this on MikeyPod.com. A special request to Android users. I um, was sort of rem remiss. I don't know if that's the exact right word in um, having things set up on my website for the podcast for it to be easy to access. I ha everything was linked to subscribe in iTunes. Um, but now I've got some new links up and, and uh, it should be really easy to find, to be able to subscribe to the website from uh, my, from or subscribe to the podcast from my website. Will you let me know how that is working for you? MikeyPod at gmail.com. I'm really interested in making sure that's as smooth as possible for obvious reasons. I want people to be able to subscribe easily. Um, and let me know what you think of the show. So let's do this thing. We're going to start by listening to a track uh, from Marcus. This is called Somebody in Love. It is, you know, you be the judge, but I love this song. It gets stuck in my head in a great way. And it's an original track from him. So uh, here we go. Every dime, I don't know what to do Don't know who to call Can't seem to get friends I'm losing my mind and I don't know why My anxiety won't end I gotta get through this unique situation I gotta get through to somebody in love I was doing fine, figured it all out Had lots of money, I was so funny Gigolo, no doubt I was in control, never had a miss The ladies would call me, nothing could stall me From getting that kiss I gotta get through this Unique situation I gotta get through to somebody in love You never looked in my direction How could I know my life would change You grabbed my soul with your perfection I get here, who did I bet here, where is my IQ? I need a strong hand, I need some advice 
Don't want affection, I need correction Maybe some fresh eyes I gotta get through this unique situation I gotta get through to somebody in love According to Jazz Times, Marcus Goldhaber rivals the jazz instincts of Chet Baker and John Pizzarelli. He has appeared at clubs like 54 Below, The Blue Note, Iridium, Birdland, Kitano, The Metropolitan Room, Cutting Room. He's appear- and he's appearing on Sunday nights at Bar Talia here in New York City. And he'll be at 54 Below on July 25th. And of course, most importantly, he is here right now joining me on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Marcus. Hey, Michael. Um, yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, it's, oh, thank you for having me. Sure. Um, so I saw your show this past Sunday at Bartholia. Is it Thalia or Talia? Well, you, tomato, tomato. I, I think that uh, it's probably Talia. Yeah. Um, but uh, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't get kicked out of there for saying it wrong. Yeah. So. It was a super nice place. I'd never been there before. It's a wonderful listening room, and it's a really intimate vibe. The 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 club there they're really excited about this new music series. And so they're doing everything they can to support and get the word out. Uh, and the ambiance is 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 really just right. We're kind of finding the sweet spot with this place. Yeah, it's how how long is your residency going there? I wasn't really clear on that. Sure. Right now we're we're booked through the end of the summer and are with a final show on August thirtieth. Every Sunday until then, uh, with just a couple of dark nights on August second and August 9th. and then. Um, Seeing you know, depending on how we uh, how we fare in the summertime, um, they've already sort of 
hinted at uh, continuing through the fall. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Awesome. The show was super great. And like, I loved the intimacy of the space and the sort of like, um, oh, I can't think of the word. Like I'm thinking of like salons, you know, when people used to just get together and just do music together. There was, there was a, a casual and yet polished there, your your musicianship is polished, but the show itself was casual. So together, it was a really nice, like comfortable vibe. It was really great. Oh, that's that, thank you. That's great to hear. That's that's really something that uh, um, we've been going for, um, and why I really love this space. It does have that casual feel. Um, it's a neighborhood place. It's you know, it's not a very uh, formal yet. It does have an there's an elegance about the room. And the people I've been able to work with are top-notch, and we just have a lot of fun together. And it's really a place you come in, relax, and we laugh. We have, we have a great time, and uh, we make some, uh, some fun music out of it. Yeah. Um, I'm a pianist. I play for singers, but more in like a cabaret sort of Broadway kind of setting. So watching, okay. watching you like just pull a chart and hand it to the guitarist, I forgot his name. John Hart. Yeah, like being the type of musician that he is, that he, he can be like, ah, oh, okay, I'll play this chart. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's I I'm I remain in awe of jazz musicians for that reason. Like, it's like that uh, that improvisational sort of uh, fly by the sea or pants probably isn't the best way to describe it. But uh, well, I'll tell you, and John, for the record, is probably one of the best at this. Um, in, in the business. He, he knows every tune. He can obviously play them in any key and he knows the intimacies, um, of each of these songs. Even if it's a chart, you know, if it's a, it's a well put together chart, um, then, you know, he's really, he's a quick read on picking up the intimacies of the melody Mm -hmm. and getting inside and, you know, where a song is going. And, and so he really, I, you know, he also, he can really challenge you as a singer in a great way and push you to places that you didn't think you'd go with something that, you know, you may have sung a hundred times and, uh, and he'll find a new way of cutting it up and delivering it in a way that's still accessible for people to listen to and enjoy as well. Yeah. Like those, those are the like pieces of jazz music that, that, um, feel like a mystery to me. Um, but, <clears throat> but you know, like uh, just coming from like a more, um, sort of, uh, <laughs> I don't want to like rag on the type of thing that I do, but on more of a rigid thing, you know, where someone's like, here's the sheet music and this is how I sing the song. And, and it's, and I'm more there to sort of serve the singer, but in, but like hearing about that interplay that you guys have, um, at, like as an instrumentalist and a vocalist, you know, that he's, that you guys, that, that you guys are working together to sort of change the piece and, and, and make it your own as it's happening is really exciting to me. Well, you're dealing with songs, and I'm not saying that this is any different in the cabaret or Broadway world, um, but when you're dealing with songs that have been sung thousands and thousands of times by every, you know, every singer along the ladder, and to me, you know, it's a, the, 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 you've got legends to folks who are just starting out, and my, I get the question I always ask myself is, what do I have to bring to the song? Why am I, why is it okay for me to ask someone else to listen to me sing this song? Even, you know, it doesn't matter when or where I am. So in that vein, and I find that the people, I like to work with people who approach a song the same way, but not taking it to a place that's so far out that folks can't um, access 
what you're tossing across the tennis court. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, if we're not communicating, if we're not connecting, then something's not happening. Um, and then it's just, I'm just up there for me as opposed to, you know, being up there to share these beautiful, you know, songs and, and find some kind of connection, whether it's emotional or musical, or it's just pure entertainment and fun and, and laughter. Mm. So that, that is, yeah, that came through just for the record. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Yeah. So we'll do it next week then. Yeah. I, I think you should go ahead and do it. I know you were waiting for my, my, uh, my, uh, approval on that. That's really why I'm here. That's that's all to publicly get your stamp of approval. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so Melissa, I'm gonna probably butcher her name. Still, Stilianu. You're right. Oh, I got You're it. Still, yeah, Stilianu. I tried to uh, Instagram that little video of you guys, and I just completely butchered her last name. But uh, ah. but I wrote an apology within the text of it. But um, you, was that the first time you guys had sung together? Uh, yes. She and I had met years ago, and we've crossed paths several times since, and we've been on the bill together uh, on various uh, larger cast shows. Um, most recently, we did a show at The Cutting Room that was a uh, Will Friedwald's Sinatra-thon, and uh, it was back in May, the beginning of May, May 9th, and um, so we had uh, seen each other again there, and then it was right around that time that this, that this idea was coming um, to fruition to to have the show mostly Marcus and and so I I mean it was sort of a no brainer um, and she and I have such a uh, so many places that we cross over mm-hmm. um, and overlap in our repertoire and style and approach to you know, s- sort of intimate swing and and she is such a a, a, a giving musician uh, I was uh, it was a no brainer to to ask her to to be a part of this series and. So, um, so that's how, uh, that's how it came to be, but it was our first time. Yes. Uh, actually, uh, singing tunes together and having the interplay that we had. Yeah, it was fantastic. Like there's so many things I loved about it. And that was one of them. Like watching the two of you, um, sort of give and take, it was a very, like, uh, a humble show, you know, like the, th- all three of you on stage you know, handing off. And it really seemed like everyone was interested in performing and connecting with the music above their own, you know, spotlight. It was great. <laughs> and that's, and that's sort of, that is the goal. It's, it's, you know, you have everyone, it's like you start out with a ball, someone's holding a ball and you kind of look around at each other and you say, you ready? And then one, you know, you toss the ball in the center and, you know, it's all about trying to keep the ball afloat. Yeah. And, but it's a, it's a group effort and it becomes about the ball or in this case, the song, uh, as opposed to, you know, well, how how well I'm performing at tossing the ball, yeah. you know. Yeah, one of the things that you guys, you and Melissa, had in common, I, th- I can't remember which of you mentioned it, was the whole idea of using the verses with those um, classic tunes, you know. Mm. And um, uh, it's really interesting. That's another thing that I, I guess I'm always looking for differences to like sort of connect about where. Well, uh, like the type of people that I work with sometimes are usually like, oh, no one knows that part. Let's not sing that part. Um, but you guys <laughs> really uphold the, the song and, and, and feel like a, um, that that part of the piece is important. Is there, is there like a core reason for why you like to do those? Well, there is. And for me, it, it, it's about the story. And if, the, if it helps the story, if it helps communicate the message of the song, um, and 
if it's an interesting addition, if it if it contributes something, um, then I'm ninety nine percent of the time attracted to the verse of a song, and will want to record it or perform it. And initially, when I first started, there's also this you know small percentage of it of the equation that you know you start singing a rubato line of music and folks don't recognize the song right away and and so there is that sentiment of well I don't know what this song is and some people maybe they either tune in to try and figure it out or they tune out because they figure like oh this is going to be a song I don't know and then comes that aha moment when you go into you know kiss to build a dream on or something that's really familiar and and that's always a, a nice moment but that's I mean you could sing anything before these classic standards and still achieve that moment. So that doesn't so much interest me as much as, you know, you, you take a song like Stardust is probably the most popular verse that folks talk about and reference when you talk about doing the verse of a song. And it's a song, I mean, that's a verse that Sinatra recorded on its own. And there are lots of other verses like that. Um, Top Hat, White Tie and Tails is, is another one of my favorite verses. And I think it really sets up the song. It sets up the mood of what's happening in the, in the piece. And so, you know, and a lot of these verses were written because they needed to fill scene time in the movies. This is not, you know, it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, Harold Arlen sitting down and saying, oh, let's, I think we should, you know, expand this song some. It's, let's set it up in a way that's going to surprise folks before we get to the verse or get to the chorus. Or, um, and so that, out of that necessity, came some of the most uh, brilliant introductions to some of the most beautiful songs, um, is a special and unique treasure. So I do look for those. Anytime I see a new song, I will look for the, to see what the verse is, if there is a verse. And like Melissa did, which I thought was brilliant, um, she wrote her own verse yeah. to, to uh, Polka Dots and Moomies, which I loved. I thought it was really sweet. Yeah, that was really great. Uh, you know, I was going to play another song next, but let's do Top Hat, White Hat, and White Tie, and Tails. I think that might be a great one to listen to concerning okay, that topic. Sure. Let's listen to it now. I just got an invitation in the mail. Your presence requested this evening It's formal with top hat, a white tie and tails Nothing now could take the wind out of my sails Because I'm invited to step out this evening With top hat, a white tie and tails Oh, I'm putting on my top hat Tying up my white tie Brushing off my tails Shirt front 
those shirt studs I'm polishing my nails I'm stepping out my dear to breathe an atmosphere that simply reeks with class and I trust that you'll excuse my dust when I step on the gas for I'll be Dancing in my Stepping out, my dear, to breathe an atmosphere that simply reeks with class. And I trust that you'll excuse my dust when I step on the gas, for I'll be there. down my top hat I'm mussing up my white tie I'm dancing in my tails I'm really going dancing I can't believe I'm going dancing I'm really gonna take you out tonight, my baby I'm gonna treat you just right, oh my baby We're gonna have some fun when we go out tonight And we'll stay out until that sunlight comes down We're gonna go round the town and we'll be Dressed to the nines, we're gonna shoe bop shoe while we'll go dancing. I really get to go out dancing tonight in my tales. From his album, A Lovely Way to Spend an Evening, that was Marcus Goldhaber with his take on, oh, I said it wrong, Goldhaber, <laughs> uh, with top hat, white tie, and tails. Uh, Irving Berlin, no, Irving Berlin, is that right? 
Yes. Ah, uh, with the uh, included with that would be the verse uh, that I'd never heard before, and uh, that's a that's a totally different take on the song than I've ever heard too. What what sort of led you to take it in that direction? The lyrics. This is to me when I first, and I've heard many swinging fast swinging uh, recordings of it, and uh, but this to me is a song of a very intimate nature. Um, inside the excitement of being asked out for perhaps the first time mm-hmm. uh, is, I find, that a little pearl of um, reverence that's, that's, uh, that really can light a person up and, and lift them um, to a, a more solid emotional place and then from there can ignite all of this spontaneity and excitement and and you know which is you know uh, communicated in the rest of the lyrics as the song continues but it's that initial moment of wow this just happened this this happened and it happened to me Mm. and so it's that element of surprise that to me is a very intimate um and personal moment and so that kind of dictated the arrangement for me and uh and why and it's why I felt that it needed to uh have a a, a slower uh more um hmm, more just a gentle approach yeah yeah I, that's something that excites me another like on my so I I always consider myself um sort of an outsider to jazz because I I have you know like a uh, sort of a working knowledge of of jazz music and artists and that type of thing. So I always feel a little like I'm missing out on something. But these are the things that I find really exciting about it: the the ability and the um, the the fact that it's an accepted practice to take a song and and just completely do it in a completely different style than people are used to hearing it. Well, and that's really a credit to the the strong uh, nature of the songwriting. I mean, these songs. A song that is written so, I mean, you do the same thing with Shakespeare, for the most part. I mean, there are people who take Shakespeare so outside of itself that, you know, you, you often read reviews or hear feedback that says, well, that, I don't even know what that was, and um, I didn't get any of the beauty of the, of the language anymore. But, um, but it doesn't, it still stands the, the test of time. It still can um, endure. And these songs are written, you know, the, the greatest of this repertoire have lasted so long because of that. Mm. So with that, like, I, I wonder about the flip side of that. Like, uh, you as an artist are flexible and, or, or treat the songs in a flexible way. Are there any rules that you feel like shouldn't be broken in, in, in the world of jazz vocalizing? I do. Don't lie to the audience. You can't lie, and it, you have to you have to tell the story and you have to tell the truth. Um, that and so if you, I, I always believe if you stay, if you abide by that. Um, now I, there are I tend to be a little bit more of a purist with in terms of melody and, uh, and lyric and whatnot, mm-hmm. but there are certainly artists who've you know altered both throughout, you know, in, in throughout history. Um, 
I, at the end of the day, though, I have to I have to go back to that intangible connection, and I have to say, well, with all, and I'm a songwriter, so I think, well, how would I feel if a singer took a song of mine and you know intentionally changed a lyric or a melody line? Um, would it be a different approach? Sure. Would I perhaps say, you know, it would definitely make my ears perk up a little bit more. But mm-hmm. if it achieved something that I wasn't achieving with the song and it was this brilliant moment of connection with the audience, then I'd have a hard time arguing with that too. Because at the end of the day, you'd have two people connecting over music. And, and sure, I wrote the song and um, and I wrote it to be a certain way. But to me, music is a, is... Is, is really about something larger than it's than than any one song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's unfor- it's fortunately still bringing people out of the house for a live show for that live connection, uh, and it's one of the few things that is, is still bringing us together in a face to face manner. Uh, so as we get more and more intangible um, and a little bit disconnected, the more we're able to connect. Ironically, um, so. I guess the short answer is <laughs> I remain flexible, but, uh, but attentive. Yeah. That, I, I like that answer. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> I mean, there are great things to think about those different levels of things. Um, when you talk about, uh, lacking connection, I think about, um, the, the a moment I had during your show when I was like, Oh, I want to video this and put it on Instagram and then I was making the post and was like, oh my God, I'm on the internet during someone's performance, but I'm posting about that his performance. You like that. That, that was you. Yeah, you saw the light and I'm like, yeah, I wanted to stop the show and ask how to spell Melissa's name, but I decided maybe that, <laughs> that would have been completely appropriate. <laughs> stop Perfect. the song. I need to tweet this. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's, it brings us to an to a interesting place like a, as artists, I think. And, and I, I guess I wonder your take on it because we talked to, like for a second before we started the interview just about um, handling our own social media. You know, like there, there, it, it's. I, I just feel like there's a whole new landscape as far as you know. Like I, in my like sort of artist mind, I was like, oh, if someone was at a show of mine and wanted to tell someone else that it was happening, I would be all about it. But also, like, but you're you should be paying attention. Like I'm performing right now too. Like. I guess I don't know even what the what the question is inside of that. Like, well, I think that maybe if I can sort of cast a line in and try and fish out what you're going for is that um, how do you balance um, the the need to spread something good mm-hmm. while um, remaining present in the moment you're experiencing, and is that? Yeah, sort of. That, I think uh, you you did a good job of like, because my, my thoughts weren't connecting, and you just pulled them right together. <laughs> well, we're in this together, Mikey. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I think the answer uh, is not simple. It's and it's evolving, and it has to evolve as each new innovation is introduced. I think that. You know, the artist in me right away says, put it away and enjoy the moment and talk about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could also make an argument that if you're able to silently without affecting another person um, and in this specific setting, uh, you know, drop a tweet to someone who might be in the neighborhood and read it and come on by. Yeah. Um, 
that's a new that's a new element. I mean, and now does that you know that doesn't work uh, at Patty Lapone's show? You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> she'll take the phone. You know what I mean? Like so, which I you know I'm in line with. I think that's when you're in that kind of setting and when you're at a Broadway show or a play or anything that's really where the ambiance is not as casual where, like you said, we have more of a salon vibe where it's almost like those loft parties of the Mm twenties and, you know, everyone's gathered around and having a drink and everyone's listening and paying attention. But, you know, if someone, you know, there's interplay with the audience and there's no, you know, there's no fourth wall. So that is broken down and, um, it's not as formal, um, of an, of an environment. So you have to know where you're at. You have to be fluid. Mm-hmm. I, I think as an artist, look, the past 10, 15 years, the music business is everyone's been saying how it's been changing and they all have their take on where it's going. And if anyone thinks they know, then they're selling you something. And I, so you have to, there's, there's very little right now that's certain, um, about the future of the music business and how, we digest and consume pop culture in general and, and media and entertainment. So I think you have to be flexible. You have to be like water. Um, and in this case, sure, you want to capture a moment from the show. And I guess I would say right now I'm still in that camp of, okay, capture it and talk about it later so that you're not, you know, down in your device, um, because you may miss another moment. Yeah. And, and you're also disrupting your overall experience too. Yeah. And in some ways I feel like I'm also not upholding my end of the deal as an audience member, you know, <laughs> like to, cause there, it's an exchange of energy and for right. me to be like directing my energy to Instagram, you know, I think my, my, my solution, like <laughs> I love it. Thanks for helping me work this out. <laughs> I think my solution is take the little quick video, put down the phone during the break, post it to, to Instagram. Right. And, and maybe split the difference. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think that uh, there are so many different ways now that we can communicate with each other, that we can capture moments. Um, you know, I just did a, um, I, I mentioned, I think this at the show, but I, I had the, the honor of officiating a wedding this past weekend. Oh yeah. And it was, it was beautiful. It was, it was, you know, it was an incredible experience and that I may be even looking to repeat. And I, but the bride and groom had set up uh, this app that, which I'm not going to promote here on this, not my apps, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, a, no, it was, a, it was a very cool app. They, you know, everyone gets to upload their photos that they take um, during the wedding to this app. And so you basically turn your entire, you know, guest list into your wedding photographers and, but they're all spontaneous shots and from different angles. And, you know, in, in like five minutes, you've got 500 pictures that, you know, doesn't, if you had a fleet of, you know, photographers hired, you probably wouldn't capture all the moments that were captured. So I, you know, I, I look at that and then I juxtapose it with, and then, and then I, I also look at how people are going to review those pictures right? They're going to just, they're going to scroll through and their thumb's going to get a workout going up, you know, scrolling through all the <laughs> right. pictures. And you're not, you know, Hey guys, come on over. Let's, let's look at the, you know, let's look at the wedding pictures. I just got them back. Now those days in general are gone, but there is certainly a nostalgia that's still alive. 
and and undeniable um, beauty and connection that existed um, around the kitchen table when you're looking at a photo album after you just got them back, for, you know, from the the photo mart. So it's like it's uh, I think like you have to just find that balance and say, well, now we're in a time when you're getting a little bit more quantity perhaps and convenience. But so we have to figure out how to stay present, to stay interpersonally connected um, and, uh, and still enjoy the ability to talk to more people, to accomplish more, in a shorter amount of time and do that with people who are at a greater distance. So no easy answer there. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) I think like uh, being in the moment of what, how all of that exists is kind of the, the, uh, the underlying uh, solution, you know, like, I, I mean, I, a lot of time, I, a lot of musician friends that I know are, really trying to get people to buy music, you know, like, and like really, you know, angry that it's, people are streaming, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is totally valid. But I kind of came to a place and I'm trying to get to that place with a lot of other things that like, you know, like when I go to a concert and there are phones everywhere filming it, I find that really frustrating. But, um, you know, like there's also that sort of notion that like, the, well, this is how it is. Like, especially with the music and with me releasing my own music, I think in a lot of ways I have, like I can be mad that people aren't going to be as likely to purchase my music or I can embrace how great it is that I can distribute it. And all these people, even though they're not paying for it, are hearing this work that I made, you know, like there's, there's good sides to all of it too. So this brings up a, um, a topic um, uh, you know, of, of, again, where the music business is going and specifically how music is consumed and purchased. And I think that it's on, again, I, I guess I put it back on the artists and those who care, um, who are maybe not musicians and music creators, but those who are consumers who, who feel the same way that a lot that most artists do, that music should be paid for, that, that artists should be able to make a living off of their music if it's enjoyed and they're, um, and they have a fan base. Um, but it is right now the way I, and this is just my personal belief. I don't believe that we will ever be able to change the, the capitalistic nature of the way the music business is going. So you're never going to get companies like Spotify and Pandora to change their business practices out of a sympathetic notion of let's do the right thing. They're a business and they're going to go for the the highest profit. And I don't fault them for wanting to be a successful business. And, you know, in many cases, you're not dealing with musicians who turn businessmen. You're just strictly dealing with businessmen and women. So um, that being said, we can be social activists, which sounds like a long road and a high mountain to climb, but we can be social activists. We can get involved um, on a political uh, way that um, helps or contributes to the regulation of these businesses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and Aloe Black is doing a lot with this right now, and there's two congressmen um, that he's working with uh, writing a bill that is the Songwriters Equity Pay Act, Equity Fair Pay Act, 
And the hashtag is hashtag stand with songwriters. And these practices are, are these, the, the bill that they're working on aims to regulate the percentage among many other things, but the percentage that songwriters specifically get from these streaming services. And, and that's really, we're headed, it's a race to stream. No one wants to hold on to anything anymore. I mean, they're sure that they're going to be CDs hanging on for another, you know, decade or two or whatever. Um, but, and then every now and then someone will say final is in, um, but it's not, you know, people don't want to hold on to anything. They don't, they don't, no one buys movies anymore. They're not buying books. Uh, you know, it's, everything is in the cloud or it's intangible and, uh, very, and that's just the trend. That's the general trend. Mm -hmm. There are certainly people who, like I said, who are hanging on and, and God bless those people. Um, but I think that we can, if we get involved more um, in the political side, and just even if it's signing a petition, making a phone call, um, you know that uh, that that's I think how we can make an impact. Uh, because you're not going to go up against these companies and and get them to be sympathetic and change their ways. Yeah, um, you mentioned someone in the very beginning of that. And Skype just sort of did a little blip, and I missed their name. Someone who's oh, Aloe Black. Aloe, Aloe, yeah, A L O E B L A C C. It's a is a very you know successful singer songwriter, and um, and he uh, he's championing this effort right now um, to um, to change the law basically to mm. change the law of the land, and these are archaic laws. I'm not going to go into all the history of it now, but there are archaic laws that are, you know, very outdated, and they don't apply to the nature of the of uh, the music business today. So we have to we have to really get involved and can't sit back anymore as passive artists and say, you know, come on, business, change and and be better for me. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's just not. You know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, if you want, you you know, it's. It's something that we have to take initiative and get involved with and be a part of. Um, so huh. that's my two cents. I'm so glad I like hit on that topic. I didn't even know you were so well versed in that. I, I'm, I learned some new things. I, I believe it's uh, Representative, uh, I want to say it's Doug Collins and Hakeem Jeffries are the two congressmen. Um, and Hakeem Jeffries is out of New York and I think it's Doug Collins um, who, and he's out of North Carolina. We've got a Democrat, Republican and uh, they're both. And I just recently heard them speak at the ASCAP conference in LA and, um, you know, I really liked what they had to say and uh, it was encouraging. Now, sure. It's, you know, it's, it's a long way to go. It's a lot of talk. And right now that's, it's a sort of awareness campaign that they're on as they're writing this bill and putting it together. And, and we'll see what happens and how long it's going to take to get through Congress. But, but that's the end game, I think, is more realistic, albeit far away. I think it's much more realistic than trying to sit back and say, oh, you big, bad, old, you know, business companies, you know, music, music companies, you know, treat us better. Do the right thing. So, yeah. Hmm. 
I love it. Wow. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm going to be researching all that stuff. And I'll put all these links um, on my website at MikeyPod.com. So you guys, um, for the show notes of this show. Um, we should talk about your show at uh, 54 Below that's coming up on yes. the 25th. Yeah, July 25th. Um, you'll have a, a whole band at this one, yeah? Yes, a whole band. <laughs> I've got an actual band. Yeah. So, all right. So the, the band is fantastic. Michael Kanan um, is the music director on piano. And Ron Jackson will be on guitar. Paul Gill on bass. Joe Strasser on drums. And Mike Migliori will play uh, sax. And uh, it's going to be a... It's going to be a wonderful night. 54 Below is a great room. And, um, and I'm really thrilled with the, with the way the shows come together. And, uh, and what can I say? It's going to be, it's going to be a hell of a night. <laughs> Sounds like it. Uh, awesome. So we should wrap this thing up. I'm super happy that you joined me on the show today. Well, thanks so much for having yeah. me. It was a pleasure. Um, Do it again time. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're going to close the show with a track from your uh, album, A Lovely Way to Spend the Evening. And this is another original track. I don't think I mentioned that the track I opened the show with, Somebody in Love, is also a tune that you wrote. Yep. Yep. Is. And it's uh, it's uh, Earworm. Uh, like, I was listening to it this morning and then sort of running errands and things. And I kept like, what is that I'm humming? Oh, it's a Marcus <laughs> song. Oh, there you go. Uh, so this track is called She Knows. Thanks again for joining me, uh, Marcus. And oh, I should say your website too. It's uh, MarcusGoldhaber.com. Am I right? Yeah. It's MarcusGoldhaber.com and social media across the board is all at Marcus Goldhaber. And, uh, you know, I handle it all myself. So if your listeners want to reach out and say hello, um, that's, that's again one of my favorite parts of this whole journey. Amazing. Great. All right. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you, Michael. Take care. I'm feeling so excited like the day that we first met. My thoughts can't find a single word. And this is how I always get. A bird must fly and a flower grow. And so my life should be. Goodbye to all my insecurity My love for you is deeper than the roots of any tree And that's why it's so challenging for me to tell you honestly Exactly what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it today My mind will not allow my And I'm afraid I'll lose you And I'm afraid I'll lose me I'm looking for a way for you to stay And give me the space to be free Last night I stayed awake so I could watch you fall asleep I didn't want to make a sound But I couldn't stop my heart from beating up and down inside my chest And I thought it would burst through 
Until you turned and whispered, I love you. Sometimes the words I wanna say escape my lips. And so instead of speaking, I retreat into another kiss. And just when I said everything, and I'm sure you have no clue. You pull away and tell me that you love me too. Now tell me how does she know? And tell me how does she feel? When after everything I've never said, she knows everything inside that's real. Sometimes the words I wanna say escape my lips. So instead of speaking, I retreat into another kiss. And just when I said everything, and I'm sure you have no clue, you pull away and tell me that you love me too. And tell me how does she know? And tell me how does she feel when after everything I've never said she knows everything inside that's From the album, A Lovely Way to Spend an Evening. That was Marcus Goldhaber with She Knows. What a great song. What a great guy. What a great interview. I'm really excited. The show was really super great. I hope you enjoy it half as much as I did. Uh, it was a fun process going and meeting him, seeing the show, and um, talking to him. Well, it was really, I loved getting his take on um, all, um, the social media and the, the, the new sort of landscape of uh, releasing music independently. Yeah. So, ta-da! There's my take on my own work of making this prog- this podcast. I hope you enjoyed not only the podcast, but my reflections on myself. I think it's important that you all know <laughs> what I think of me. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening. Um, yeah, I really don't have anything else to tell you. I think that thing stands on its own. Uh, MikeyPod.com. If you cannot remember uh, Marcus Goldhaber's website. You can stop by MikeyPod.com and get information. Please be so kind as to purchase this album, um, A Lovely Way to Spend an Evening, or any albums by Marcus Goldhaber, or any albums by any independent musician. Um, Yeah, it's nice. It's a really nice feeling when someone's like, I like your work. Here's money. I'd like to have own your work. You know, Uh, that's enough. Talk to you guys soon. Talk to you next week. 
talk to you.